Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hello once again, Mike Kapler, Joel Brzezinski here for one more Growing in Grace podcast before we do another one after that. How you doing, Joel? And then another one, we'll do another one before we do the one after that, too. Uh, well, that's the plan. That's probably a good thing. I, we can't do the one after the one before we do the one before the one. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but God knoweth. <laughs> well, well, maybe we can. I don't even know if we've done that before, but I know that sometimes we've talked about something and we thought, you know what, that one might fit before this. So like we'll record, it's no big secret to our listeners, we might record three or four episodes at a time sometimes. Oh, and oh, we oh, might have stuck what, one now, in wait, advance. When you, you, just, you just did something, and I want our listeners to start looking for this. When you hear the phrase three or four, if we haven't discussed this recently, <laughs> that comes from one of my idols <clears throat> from the cartoon world, <laughs> Pete Puma. Pete he only Puma. makes a couple of appearances in the Looney Tunes, but his thing was, you know, and Bugs Bunny would ask him, how many lumps do you want? Oh, yeah. And, and he, he would say, three or four. <laughs> you know, and, and so I, everywhere you go now, you're going to start hearing people say three or four. I just want you to be aware of that. Good old Pete Puma. When that goes back a s- so long ago, Gonna so need so long a whole ago. lot of lumps. <laughs> One lump or two. That's like my so, my tea. I have, I drink tea with honey, so no lumps of honey, and coffee, ugh, straight black. So you pour honey in your tea? Yes, I do. Actually, technically, okay. I put honey in the bottom of the cup, and then I put the tea bag in. And then I pour the boiling water into it. Uh uh-uh. uh Well, you know, we, we get that uh, we get that nature Nate's honey. It's uh, just the, the you know, some of the purest stuff out there. That well, because you're a purist, everything has to be just right, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> buy these big bottles from Sam's Club, you know. <laughs> um, well, hey, uh, you know, we surprisingly last week touched briefly on the subject, the topic. Of grace. Just a mere topic. <laughs> One of many. <laughs> was, we talked about grace on the Growing in Grace podcast. No big shock there. But we're going to carry that over a little bit and, and get into some other things here as it relates to our forgiveness, right? And, and sometimes if we want to sometime if we want to talk about growing, we can talk about my diet and uh, yes. the things that I eat. <laughs> we we can help with that okay. if people are looking to grow. Yes. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of good things. There are so many good things to talk about when it comes to grace, when it comes to our life in Christ. Um, I, it is funny that so many people, it's great. You know, you got to, okay, yeah, you got to have your grace, but then you got to move on from that. You le- learn what you, you know, can about grace. But then, come on, let's move on to some other things. Let's move on 
to the things that you got to do. Let's move on to, and with people say that without really realizing that grace, and in my, the way that I word it is grace is the essence of our life in Christ. It's the, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the life of Christ in us. It's, it's his power at work in us because it's so much more, as we have talked about recently, it's, it's just, it's so much more than just there when we sin. It's God's life at work in us. So it's more than just a subject. But um, forgiveness is, is, a, is a great thing. You know, you're a, you're, you like the band Striper, right, Cap? Yeah, I, I, I liked them. You know, they, they were one of those groups at the time, Joel, that we, we were playing them on the radio when, when you know, for some stations, uh, I, I realize I may be saying some things here that people aren't relating to, but uh, back in those days, Sandy Patty was pretty hot stuff when it came to the, the tempo of what was being played on Christian radio. And so here we were trying to contemporize, is that a word? <laughs> we were trying to, you know, uh, relate to our culture. Uh, with with more modern, contemporary Christian music, as we called it. But we would start mixing in not only the DeGarmo and Key and the Patra and some of that stuff, um, but we were actually playing some stripers. So at that time, they, they really just kind of grew on me because uh, they had some really good songs. Yeah, speaking about growing, yeah, so striper grew on you. And they were lost me, lost me for half a second. For, yeah, to think about it. But they, uh, you know, back in the mid '80s, I think '86, maybe '87, they were big on MTV, and um, that's I was big on MTV back back in those my teenage years. And um, um, among all the other uh, hair metal and '80s pop that I really liked listening to, there was Striper right in the middle of it all, and. Um, so they they were a big uh, inspiration to to me back in those days and uh, have continued to be over the years. But the only reason I bring that up this is technically doesn't have to do. I don't need to bring up this story to talk about what we're going to talk about. But it was interesting that I saw a post um, a while back from Michael Sweet, the lead singer of Striper. Um, he I follow him on Facebook and um, back. A few years ago, I think 2016 or prior to that, he got in kind of a a public spat (laughs) uh, with um, Sebastian Bach, who was the lead singer of Skid Row, another 80s uh, and 90s hair band. And one guy said something and the other guy on the Internet and the other guy said something back and um, they kind of, you know, lost favor with each other. I'll just put it that way. And it was kind of public. People knew what was going on. It wasn't a huge thing. It wasn't a huge issue, but it was there. Well, anyway, just a month ago or so, they um, they both appeared at a, uh, at a at the same event. It was a cruise with a bunch of different rock bands um, there. And they made up. They forgave each other. Um, it was a long time coming, but it was very cool just how that they hugged. And Sebastian Bach even said something about it. He, he wanted to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for for all that he's done. And it was I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but anyway, on that post, I saw somebody commented, and this is kind of typical of what you'll see in uh, a legalistic church setting. Um this person commented, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Father's forgiveness is measured by our forgiveness of others. 
in the Lord's Prayer. So he said, I would never wait. So what this person is saying, this commenter on Michael Sweet's post about all of this, this commenter said, uh, you know, this, this all happened so many years ago, you really shouldn't have waited because if you don't forgive others, you know, what the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, if you forgive others um, their sins, then your Father in Heaven will forgive you your sins. But if you don't forgive others their sins, He won't forgive you your sins. And so that's what a lot of people base their New Testament understanding of uh, forgiveness on. Because after all, Jesus said it, and we're looking after the uh, that, that page, after Malachi, right between Malachi and Matthew, that says New Testament, the New Testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some editors have added that page in the book, in the Bible, and so people think, well, if Jesus said it, then that's the way it is. And uh, so, unfortunately, that is where a lot of people get their understanding of God's forgiveness for us. But something happened, and we'll talk about that with in regard to forgiveness. The cross happened after Jesus said those words, where he was talking to his um, disciples who were under the law at the time. He was talking about a forgiveness that was a law-based forgiveness. But then again, like I said, the cross happened, and uh, everything changed, didn't it, Cap? Everything did change, and the book of Hebrews talks a lot about that. Um, I mean, because that's when the New Testament, the New Covenant, Testament and Covenant are interchangeable, uh, that's when it all began, after the cross, after that finished work was completed with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It, it, it did change everything, and that's why it's so important to, under, important to understand the context of what we're reading here and and who is being written to, who is being talked to, what was the culture at that time. I mean, there, there's all kinds of things that factor in that most of us in the church world don't even stop to think about because we're just so busy uh, hopscotching from one Bible verse to the next, trying to figure out some sort of revelation within a particular verse. Um, we might string a few together, and then we'd love to cut and paste different verses from different places and put them together and, and try to make a doctrine out of it. Um, and so what, you, what you're talking about here with, with forgiveness and some of the things that, that Jesus said to his Jewish disciples who were under the Old Covenant um, at that time, while, while Jesus was walking the earth as, as a man, some of that stuff is not going to apply to us. Do we embrace it? Absolutely. Is it important stuff that was being said? For sure. Uh, we're, we're not discounting what Jesus said. Uh, we're just trying to wrap it up into the proper context so we, as New Covenant believers in Christ now, uh, can begin to get a handle on some of these truths. And I know what some of you are thinking, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> well, that may be true. You know, what you were talking about earlier, sometimes, you know, people think they want to graduate from grace and get into more deeper things of the word and more meaty things. And that used to be me once upon a time until I realized that I was just spinning my wheels in a bunch of quicksand trying to... Uh, figure out the, the deeper things of God <laughs> when I, I, I first needed to understand some of the simple things of God. I, I don't think there's too many people today on, on the planet Earth or now or before us who have ever really understood the, the deeper things of God. We might think we do, and, and I realize there are theologians out there who can sound pretty smart 
and and kind of cause you to space off and and lose you because of their their deep thinking. Um, <clears throat> but in reality, it's we're I think we're fooling ourselves sometimes. Um, so staying on the, the subject of the grace of the gospel here, as we've been doing for the past close to 18 years or whatever it's been, when Jesus said this to his Jewish disciples, you know, keeping the, in, keeping in mind the context that led up to this, even in the previous chapter during this Sermon on the Mount, as it's called, he basically had told his Jewish disciples, if you're going to try to get to God, if you're going to try to attain righteousness, if you're going to try to find eternal life through the law that you've been under, through your works, through your actions, through what you do, um, then you're in big trouble because you can't do it. You will never be able to attain it no matter how hard you try because perfection was the requirement. If you're going to do it that way, you would have to do it perfectly. You'd have to be as perfect as God himself. So that was not good news. Uh, then we get into Matthew 6 here where the, the, the prayer shows up, but he didn't just randomly um, bring up this prayer. It, it had to do with, here's how you should pray now under your current circumstances. But this thing about the forgiveness within this prayer, th think about it here. Uh, after the prayer, uh, well, as, as you said, Joel, for, you know, forgive us as we forgive others. And then after, the, right after the prayer, for, for Jesus said, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. So we have to kind of wipe our forehead off here, get the sweat off here at the back of our hand and say, wow, that, that's heavy. And, and we love, we, we Christians today, we just love to skim over some of this stuff. But that statement within itself is huge if it applied to us today as believers in Christ. It would be huge. But that statement, it, it ranks right up there with what Jesus said at the end of Matthew 5 when he said, you're, you're going to need to be perfect. Because we, we know the, the prayer revolved around what Jesus just said within that prayer. He echoed it right afterwards uh, started out with the word for or therefore, depending on your translation. He was looking back at something he had just previously stated. But if this were a true statement for us, this would literally mean that you would be asking to be forgiven by God in a way that is equal to how you forgive others. And that is a big problem because nobody has ever been able to do that perfectly either. Right. Yeah, it really does require perfection, you know, being being perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. And if you're going to live under the law, you've got to keep the whole thing. So if, if forgiveness is going to be based upon uh, anything that has to do with the law or with being under the Old Covenant, uh, it's going to have to be perfect. You're going to have to forgive everybody, and then not just forgive everybody, but there are 613 commandments that you're going to have to follow as well. So if you're going to be under that system, you know, go for it. <laughs> go for it if you want to. But like you said, Gap, no one's ever done it. And the beauty is that something really did happen after Jesus said this. Um, looking at the what we know as the, the Lord's Supper, um, the Last Supper, uh, Jesus said, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And so that's what happened. The blood of Jesus was shed. And so when it comes to forgiveness, let's look ahead to what some of the New Testament epistles say. We'll have to wrap this up um, uh, pretty soon here. But um, in Colossians, 
one, Paul is talking about this, uh, you know, how God has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance and the saints and the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In chapter 2 of Colossians, he says some more. He says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Uh, this is without you ever having forgiven anybody, but this is by his blood. <laughs> and then um, in the next chapter, chapter 3 of Colossians, Paul is exhorting them, encouraging them, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you. So it's like under the old covenant, Jesus was saying, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. But here Paul is saying, yeah, forgive other people. That's a good thing. As Christ forgave you. So take a look at the forgiveness that you have in Christ and likewise go and forgive other people. It's not a must. It's no longer a God won't forgive you if you don't do this because God already has forgiven you in Christ. That's where the forgiveness is. It's in Christ. You have been forgiven of all your trespasses. And so take a look at that and how, at how great the forgiveness is of God and, and turn around and forgive others also. It's just, it's a good thing to do. So the, the, the simple difference there between the old way and the new way, of course, is that you were required to do it under the law or God wouldn't forgive you. Under the new, we have already been forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. And because of this, we who now have this new identity in Christ can and should forgive others because we've been forgiven. We don't do it in order to get forgiven. There's a big difference there. It's not subtle at all, um, but it is good news for all of us. And, and God within, by the way, gives us the ability and the power to be able to forgive, but not to be forgiven. It's just the result of realizing that you are forgiven in Christ and Therefore, why are you withholding it from somebody else? Well, next week is, of course, Christmas. And we know that you would not, you, our wonderful, dear listeners, would not forgive us if we were to skip a week and not have a Growing in Grace podcast on Christmas Day. So, <laughs> because we don't want to be unforgiven, <laughs> we're going to have an episode We'll talk about whatever happens to be on our minds uh, regarding Christmas. Whatever comes up, who knows what it will be. But we'll be back next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.